0: This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. Look, this will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar, but to be honest, there is a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I actually liked. I'd find a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's finally done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for without sacrifice. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and called it the town gardens. They have more than 100 televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything you need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will, too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring you all into our huddle. You are in The Williams Huddle with me, Bram, with you per usual, my boy and producer Marcus. What's up, Dev Nation? And our master of all things video and sound, Maxine. How's it going? Boys, I am so fired up, as fired up as I've been in hell of long, to announce that joining us for the first time in The Huddle, a man with elite success at every level of basketball, including a retired high school jersey at Admiral Farragut Academy, an NC2A title with the University of Florida and a world championship with your Golden State Warriors. The 16th pick in the NBA draft, a key member of the only team in history to win 73 games. The head coach of Team Space Elite and a guy who hit so many fucking clutch shots in the Bay, they had to put buckets in his nickname Mr. Maurice Mo Bucket Space. What's going on, Mo?
1: It was good, it was good, man. You got that intro up, but appreciate you. But no, that was good, man. I'm, I'm happy, to, happy to be on the show. I'm excited. Let's get it.
0: Hell yes. And what you don't know is there's some pressure on today. So here it is. Yeah, we, we announced last week, took to Twitter, took to all of our social media channels, let folks know that you were going to be joining us. And almost immediately, we got a ton of positive feedback. Uh, here, I'm looking at my Twitter account. Quote, he was an automatic bucket. What a great player he was for the Warriors. Great, good. Uh, here's another one. Mo is a legendary player. To my boy, we owe him for everything. Here's another one. Please let Bucket know he rules and we love him in the bay. So, Mo, there's some fucking pressure on today. If I fuck up or kiss your ass a little bit too much, just ignore it. Just keep rolling with the punches with me. And uh, you know, hopefully the audience won't won't really notice my screw ups.
1: No, I got you, man. I got you.
0: Yeah, appreciate it, man. Um, so we got a ton of stuff for you. Uh, and here's my first one. So I was looking at your past, and I saw that you not only won that title at Florida, you won it as a freshman. And I'll admit to yeah. you, dude, at, at like 17, 18, I wasn't doing shit successfully. The the most successful thing I was doing is buying weed somewhere. What the hell was it like oh, winning man. a title at
1: 18, dude? Like, take
0: take it through that experience.
1: No, it was a the craziest thing is the year I got for the year I got there, I was at a hard grade military academy, an all boys school, watching them win the first one. For me going there, I'm like, damn man, I don't like imagine how that feels to win that. For me going to Florida as my freshman year after I left a, a military school, I'm like, damn, that'd be dope to win it again, especially with all these guys coming back. So we got an opportunity to get there again and it's a dream come true. Me, uh, being at, being where I'm from, just leaving a, a boys' school to be able to play for a national championship with, with, with players like that was on there. Who I watched just a year before. It was really a dream come true. I mean, mm-hmm. it, was, it was amazing.
0: It makes sense, and it was in your backyard, right? I mean, you are from Saint yep. Petersburg, Florida. So I mean, yep. winning in the state that you are from does that make it even more special?
1: Uh, it makes it way. It makes it way better. Cause you got, you, you win Florida across your chest and you from here. So it hits a little different from somebody who's from like New York or somewhere else playing for the university of Florida. Like it's a, it's a good uh, accomplishment, but it hits, like you said, it feels differently from here.
0: Yeah, of course, from man. Uh, uh, did you grow up a magic fan? So, I mean, from St. Petersburg, I was looking at a Florida map today. So to keep it a hundred with you, I'm from the Bay born and raised in Oakland. I've never been to Florida I looked up the map. It looks to me like you're closer to the Magic than you would be to the Heat. But what did you grow? I mean, were you, were you an NBA fan growing up? Who was your team?
1: Nah, I wasn't really an NBA fan growing up. I always liked the football. But growing up, I was kind of come from like Session 8 neighborhood. So the only time I could really watch NBA games is when the Chicago Bulls on. <laughs> Man, like, I watched Orlando a little bit, but I was a Bulls fan, honestly. I respect it When did you
0: decide Or when did you start Aiming towards Going to the league Like at what age Did you realize Alright This this is a dream That I can actually get
1: When I got to college Yeah and then My then after sophomore you... year Like my freshman year Like my freshman year I knew I was getting better Because I was playing Against these guys Every day in practice So I was like If I'm able to play Against Al Horford Joe Kim Noah Chris Richard yeah. Corey Brewer Every day in practice And be successful Man I think I can make it To the league so going into my sophomore year, I just kept getting better. Coach Donovan gave me a lot of confidence with the co- assistant coaches. I was like, man, let's see how this goes. Man, I just went out there and played, and so everything happened for a reason. So God was great. God was with me the whole time.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it went well. Uh, I mean, obviously, you get drafted 2008. You go to Philly. You make your way through Memphis, Cleveland, L.A., go to Orlando, and then you come to us to Golden State in 2013. What drove you to the Warriors? What happened in 2013 where you wanted to come out here?
1: Now, of course, you got to look at what, what what them guys was doing the year before I got there when they made that run in the playoffs with the uh, beating Denver and playing against the Spurs, and then just me just always going out to Oakland when playing against them, like, they wasn't always good, but they always had a lot of fans, and I always wanted. why these games always packed when these guys are not really that good. So, that alone, kind of like, man, dang, man, now they kind of want me, and me watching them, because I'm always, I'm a big basketball fan when it comes to teams and all that, so I kind of knew what they was doing with Carl Landry and, and how they was using him, and, and usually how Golden State plays is fast and shooting a lot of threes, so I was like, Man, I'd be able to go out there and, and get that role. and It was kind of a no-brainer when I got out there. and felt the love from all the fans and all that kind of stuff. Just just walking around, it just felt like college again.
0: Marcus, when you hear Mo say, you know, the team was kind of shitty, but when I came in, the base show represented, does that make you hella proud? I am right now smiling ear to ear. We're not on video, but I at least want to throw that out there.
2: Uh, definitely. I got the same smile
0: on my face. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. So, so that you know, Mo, we've been rooting for this team, man. Thirty years, man. You know, I, I watched them be terrible before you helped come in here and usher in the dynasty. So we were those fans, you know, when you came in and our team was getting their ass beat by twenty points. We were the guys sitting upstairs still screaming. So I really appreciate you saying that. Uh, all right, you know what? Here's what another thing I wanted to ask you. I saw that you ran into Andre Iguodala twice. You play with him in Philly, and then he comes mm-hmm. to the Bay the same year you did in 2013-14. Yep. Did you know he was coming? I mean, like, did did you guys talk about joining the team before you did?
1: No, I didn't, honestly, because I had seen something that he was going. I think he probably signed before me, maybe, but I had seen it, or we were about to sign at the same time, and I had seen it, I had called him, I was like, oh, that's crazy, you about to go out there, too? I was like, yeah. So we had a connection, for sure. I've been knowing him, you know what I mean? I played with him my first three and a half years, so yep. I kind of knew who he was, and we had that connection, and the same thing with Sean. Like, man, Sean played together too when he mm-hmm. got there. My second year with the Warriors, we played yep. together in Cleveland with Lou Walton and all that. So it was it was it was crazy that all the guys kind of got back together like that. But I say everything happened for a reason, and Warriors are trending the right direction, so a lot of, everybody want to be a part of it.
0: Uh, hell yeah! Here, here's the reason it happened. That next year, you won a title, man. Twenty fourteen,
1: and it's uh, the first.
0: So- In this dynastic run, right? And and you were a huge reason to that. And Here's a super random-ass memory I had. I remember in 2014, you had a big game against Philly. And here's why I remember. I got a friend in my life named Tone. And I remember screaming, mo fucking buckets at Tone all night because I think you had like a 32-point spot, man. So you helped me give it to my friend. uh, But that's not why I wanted to bring up the title year. What I wanted to ask is... So now, when we look at the Warriors, we associate them with championships. But that wasn't true in 2014, you know? So for you guys, that that first year, when did you really start to believe, okay, you know, this could be a title team? Was it right from the jump? Was it in the playoffs? When did that begin?
1: So going back the year before when we had Mark Jackson, we lost to the Clippers in Game 7 in L.A., Everybody was just in the locker room just talking like, man, everybody just get better, man. We got a chance to be really good. But when we say really good, we ain't nobody talking about championships. We just saying really good because everybody's starting to feel it. Like right? starting to feel it. But the year the year we came back and won the championship, the whole year it's like, man, what if we did this? What if we won, man, what are we gonna do? Like guys just saying what if? Like it was a far it was like a far reach, but you start going through the season and guys getting better the second unit coming off and having the first group, not having played some of four quarters. So it's like, yo, we got a real chance. Everybody's fresh. We're going to the playoffs. And then, hey, it was, it was it was wrapped after that. It was definitely a fun experience. And, and guys got better and growed as men. I mean, the fans got even more gassed up and turned up. So, man, it was just a amazing time out there, man, just always walking around that the Bay Area and especially Oakland and the area over there and just getting a lot of love from kids, from older people to guys your age. you showing a lot of love because they really appreciate what you do for, for the Bay Area because it was down for a little while. But there's guys up now out there, <laughs> jumbo <Yeah>. guys. <laughs> I,
0: I like that you said that, down for a little while. We were down bad for three decades, Mo, and you helped us get the hell out of that, so – I appreciate you putting it that way. Um, And I tell you what, one of the things I noticed in getting ready for this, you were there at all the big moments as this team turned it around. You just identified one of them, the switch from Mark Jackson to Steve Kerr. And you were there when Draymond first started starting, when he took over for David Lee, you know, and you were there when they won the first title and you were there when they won the 73 games. Um, So, I mean, just picking them up quick, the, the switch from Mark Jackson to Steve Kerr. How hard of a transition was that? Did you notice a difference immediately? Just tell us about that.
1: Honestly, it wasn't yep. that It wasn't that tough. Because like I said, after we lost the Clippers in Game 7 in the locker room, everybody said, let's do it. Let's get better. Let's work. Everybody coming back to the training camp with Steve Kerr, everybody's kind of like, we already locked in. We ready. Steve Kerr just going to come in and put his system in. But at the end of the day, we ready. Everybody got better coming into that training camp. Everybody was better. Everybody was more mature. We just had went through that bad feeling of losing to the Clippers. So we was like, man, we locked in. They they hired Coach Kerr, so everybody locked in. I know he, he don't come with a lot of championship experience. And he was always big on turnovers. So he, he, he did what he had to do, but at the end of the day, it was really the players that was ready to go. I mean, yeah. he gave us the system, and we just got to you know what I mean, kind of like go out there and do the system what he gave us, and everybody just was better that next year.
0: How about that switch to Draymond? When D. Lee sits, Draymond becomes a real portion of the, you know, of the team and of the rotation. What was it that allowed him to impact the game that way? You know, I mean, I, I watch it as a fan, but probably don't understand it the same way that you do. You're sharing a bench with that guy, sharing a locker room. What is it about Draymond that lets him go beyond, you know, his stats, beyond how tall and, and how much he weighs?
1: So the thing with Draymond, man, he's competitive, man. He, he, he wanna win, he wanna play hard, he's gonna talk his trash, he, it's all coming from a good place. But a guy like Draymond kinda be a he kinda been a big his whole life. So when you get to the NBA and you gotta sit 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 seven big now compared to like when I got drafted, even years before he got drafted, you, you always had a big four, and you always had a big five, six, nine, six, ten, or a seven-footer. The league haven't seen, other than Charles Barkley, seen a guy like Draymond who could push the ball, who could make plays, who's not really trying to score all the time, just a competitive like that. So that kind of like, Coach Curry kind of like, got that system into, uh, into us that we're going to have Draymond at the five sometimes. So the league, gonna be like, man, what are they doing over there? And it, and it helps. Small ball five kind of help because like I say, he's been a big so he could guard a seven footer. He could guard a sixteen guy. He could guard anybody. Like you see what I'm saying? So now you got four or five guys like that who could guard everybody. It, it took the lead by surprise and, and and other teams try to do it. You can't do that when a guy who never really played five before or played four before. Like you can't do that with a Ben Simmons. You can't do that with all these other kind of guys who never played down there. These guys have been guards their whole life. Draymond haven't been guard his whole life. So he's been a big. So when when coach found that out <laughs> The rest was
0: history MT I know you had a question You wanted to run by him
2: Go ahead yeah, what's up Mo, um, so you rattled off a couple names that you cut the nets down with at Florida, uh, Corey Brewer, um, Joe Noah, and then Al Horford. Uh, Al was in the finals last year playing against the Warriors and looks like you know they may be barreling towards each other again. My question to you is, you got another seven game series in where you can check Al for us and just let us bring home a, a repeat in the finals? <laughs>
1: Man, it's gonna be a, the playoffs. Gonna be amazing. I can't wait to see it, man. <laughs> I definitely tell out, man, hold up, man. You gotta hold up. I know you kind of <laughs> want to get one so you can get out of there, but them boys, the the, the, the Warrior boys, locked in. It's over with for the league. Yeah, Let's
0: yeah, go. <laughs> that's, I mean, I'll pick up on that, Mo. I was gonna ask you towards the end, but do you view right now? You know, so we're recording this on a Monday. We finally know what all the matchups are. Um, on Saturday, the Warriors start off against Sacto. When you look at the league right now, do you view the Warriors as title contenders?
1: Uh, always. You can't never not have them. <laughs> you got to. <laughs> if not, you, you, you some kind of. If you're not, if you don't have water, the Warriors, some kind of way in a conversation of winning this thing, you're on drugs. Just being honest, like there's no <laughs> way that these guys won all these championships. How, why would not? You know what I mean, of course.
0: Uh I'm so here. I got I got a couple more follow-ups on your time with Golden State, and then I'm gonna bring us right back up because I can't. The the more knowledge you can drop about why they have a shot at the title this year, the more I want to hear it. But let me ask you this first. Right. 2014 wasn't just the first title. It's it's Steph's first MVP. So yep. same kind of question, right? The we always knew how good Steph was, but until he started winning MVPs, we didn't view him as that caliber of a player. We do now but not back then. In 2014, did you guys start that year wanting to get him an MVP? Did that just kind of develop? How How did that go?
1: Like I said, like before, like we went into training camp, everybody competing, everybody. It's a whole different energy. Everybody competing, everybody going yeah. at each other. Steph worked so hard, man. He worked so hard doing practice and after price. And Then he's he, he in a weight room. Like he do all the little stuff that, preparing him for that moment. Like, all that, all those moments before, those years before, was preparing him for that one moment when he was able to get that championship. And y'all know, when you win, everybody eats. So we yeah. winning. Steph was playing good. Everybody's playing good. It's the perfect time. So now you gotta look at the Warriors. Now you gotta see like, Damn, that. That light-skinned kid over there is killing. Like, You gotta give him a look at an MVP. And then be able to impact the team and to be the superstar he is and being so humble who he is, like there's no way you not give it to him. You know what I mean? Like, yep. <laughs> I love like the that. kids. The guy just works so hard, man. The guy works hard, so I, I that's mean, why you, I always appreciate it for him. Just watching him work. Uh,
0: you may have just answered this, but let me phrase it a different way. And MT already mentioned a couple of these names, but I went through the you know all the rosters you played on, and you played with some fucking greats, man. You, you played you know, right. in college. Horford, Noah Brewer, outside of college, Allen Iverson, Kyrie Irving, Zach Randolph, Mike Conley, Clay Thompson, Andrew Aguadalla, I mean, Sean Livingston, the, the list goes on and on. And I throw that out there just because what set Steph apart? You know, I mean, you, you've played with real elite talent. Is there something that you can point to that made Steph different? Just
1: is work ethic, man. Like, a guy like that who who who's who, who's working on his game still today like becomes in the gym early he's one of the first ones in the gym on getting treatment on the last one leaving he's getting shots up like he has some inside of him that other guys really don't have that's that's why I'm like never surprised at anything he does because I've been there watching him work countless hours and all the time and Always want to get better and loves basketball. That's the thing he does. He loves basketball. He, he don't ever think he's bigger than anybody else, especially on his team. He's gonna make sure his teammates is good and you know, always ask questions and you know what I mean? Like and that's why I say he is different from anybody else I've been around that. A guy loves ball. He he's not rushing to get out of that gym. Even though he got all these he got these kids and, and his wife, he's not rushing to get out of that gym. I <laughs> Love to hear
0: that. I mean, I'm not surprised, but I love to hear that. What kind of a teammate is Steph? I mean, is he? Is he a? No one would blame him. If he's above it, you know. An MVP, final MVP, all of that shit. But when you were playing with him, was he a good teammate? Who was Steph in the locker room?
1: No, he had a great teammate. <laughs> he had a great teammate. He's not really a, a vocal leader like that, but he's gonna lead by example. You know what I mean? He kind of jo- He kind of jokes sometimes when it's time to joke. You know what I mean? Just a just a great guy, man. Like. If you ever want a kid, man, you just <laughs> show him stuff. Light-skinned kid, loves playing basketball, and got an edge for him, and he's not soft. So when guys look at him like, man, he's light-skinned, he's light-skinned. Uh, don't get that confused, you know I man, <laughs> And that's what happens I... to a lot of these guys. They get it confused, and, and that's what happens when you do that to a guy like that. Even like Clay, like, those guys are different.
0: We've heard, so different people have been on the mics on this show. And we've heard both sides of what you're saying. We had Tim Roy on last week, the uh, play-by-play guy for the Warriors. And he talked about, look, if you wanted to pick an NBA daughter who would come and date your daughter, it's fucking Steph. You know, you you want Steph to show up. And then we've had other people say, don't let the baby face fool you in any way. This guy is an assassin. You know, when it comes to competition, he will cut your heart out. It just is what it is. Is Both of those are true? Great.
1: That's, That's perfect it yeah. give you anything you want. But when you cross that <laughs> line, it's over with. You know what I mean? Like, it's over with. You smell blood. Like a pit bull. Like, you get on that neck, it's over
0: with. <laughs> uh, here, here, let me ask perspective. All right, I'm a backup. back up. So, you've played in six NBA cities. You've played in two right. countries. You know, you played in China for a little while. We yeah. hear when people talk about Golden State, you hear this phrase, championship culture. I say it all the time because it makes me feel important. But I don't really know what it means. <laughs> so, being in other spots, right? and then being in Golden State, what does that? What is championship culture? How is it different here than the other spots you've played?
1: The small things it's really about the details and the small things, like coming from the front office, like every road game, they rent out they rent out restaurants that you could go eat at with your, with your family, hmm. small things like that on off days. guys that somebody has, so for example, if Draymond got a barbecue a party you'll probably get everybody over there hanging out at one point in time. Hmm. If Draymond, I mean, if, if dollar got something going on or some kind of event, we all at the event. So, the small things, like a day off, coach give everybody a day off, we might still go, everybody might still be in the gym at one point, shooting. Shoot. Like, all that little stuff like that, it carries a long ways. Like, always on the road, always eating together. Family always in, family always in the facilities hanging out. So everybody is family. That's that's the championship mindset. That when you always around your teammates, and it's never a time that you really arguing like, eh, man, man, I don't want to be around. No, you love being around your teammates. You Love working together. You love going out to eat with your teammates. You always going to your teammate house hanging out like you're in college. Like that's the championship mentality. And a lot of I know a lot for so sure. Like it's been on teams that this guy might have an event on a Monday. Another guy, same guy, event at the same time on the on a Monday. So you can't really support each other because all these different events, you get what I'm saying? So yep. with the Warriors is like they from the front office to the players to the to the ball boys, it's a family, man. Like those guys do it the right way. The owners, Bob, and I mean the gym like Bob and Lake up there, and Peter, those those guys do it the right way. Like and that's why I, they building that they built that championship mindset team over there now, like, they did that and the players had a, a big part to do it, but they're front off and you got to give them respect for what they did and what they keep doing because they're building something special. They built something special.
0: You Just got me smiling. That's why you got, I'm smiling yet again, Maurice. He nicely played. Uh, Maxime, what do you got, man?
3: We saw something that surfaced recently is after, uh, after Clay had his Achilles injury, right? That second sort of devastating yep. injury or so he felt it was devastating. You know, there's this image of uh of Steph going over to him with his towel over his head, and I guess what came out is him saying like, "Yo, you got a lot of basketball left." Um, that that comes to mind, especially also in the context of what you're talking about with you know the front office being a huge part of this championship run, and Bob Myers coming to Draymond when Draymond was um you know feeling pretty angsty a couple games ago, and I guess you know Bob Myers said, "Hey, like you got a lead right now." I'm curious if, you know, I, Steph or Bob Myers or anybody, like, is there like a, somebody said like some sentence to you, something like, hey, you got a lot of basketball left that's like really stuck with you.
1: It's probably, it's, it's probably too much to really remember. Honestly, I ain't going to lie to you, but it's a lot of times the confidence, the confidence, like, like the confidence in those guys and they have and they players. Like, when I'm on the court, especially me when I was out there, like, if I'm open those guys, man, most shoot the ball. Post ain't bringing you in to be a best really, really, a stopper. <laughs> You know what I mean? So just the confidence of that these guys is see, I'm on the court with these guys and they're able to pass me the ball. You know what I mean? Shoot the ball like that's the that's the part I, I kinda like appreciating always acknowledge that the actions more than the words mm-hmm. when it comes to basketball for me. I mean, so those guys just different. Like I keep saying, those guys just different, man. It was a great time out there and I wish and mm-hmm. I mean nothing but the best to them guys always. I mean, I still contact, I stay in contact
3: with some of them. cool. That's so dope. I remember I like when, I think Steph called you a, a splash cousin. Yeah. And like, for me, I was juiced on that. And I can't imagine how that would have felt like for you. So it's like, oh yeah, that's that putting, you know, actions behind the words, that real empowerment. Well,
0: And, right. and we can add, Mo, I mean, the I, I can't speak for the players. I've never met them. But I can't speak for some of the fans, man. I mean, that's, you know, in a lot of ways, this is who we do this podcast for. And I'm just going to go right. back to what happened when we announced your name. Everybody, the fam, you know, we, we don't pay them for the reactions. When we said Mo Buckus is going to come join us, everybody across the board got hella fired up. And that's be- because of the love you've earned in this fucking city, man. You made a huge difference. You were at the ground floor. You're one of the reasons that we have a dynasty here. So, you know, at, at the risk of saying the obvious, thank you. Um, and here, I, I, I had this question and I need your opinion on it. So, the big news today, maybe not the biggest, but one of the big stories is our boy uh, Gobert punching slow-mo. And we've seen some footage of that. And we are not strangers to punches here in Golden State with the whole Jordan Poole, Draymond Green thing, which leads to this. So I have never been in an NBA locker room. I've never been in an NBA practice. I've never seen NBA competition. Is teammates getting heated like that? You know, have, have you ever seen a teammate go after another teammate? You don't have to give us names, but like, is that super unusual or is it more normal than we know?
1: To the point, not really the punching thing. Not really the punching thing. That's not always, like, guys don't get in each other's face and people are always going to break them up before it happens. Yeah. So, but arguments and all that happens all the time because you, you, we all we all professionals, we all want to win. We all compete against each other. You don't want nobody to just killing you so it's like it's gonna happen especially in like training camp it's gonna happen like everybody's been working on their game all year all summer so everybody trying to show their game but now you think you nice and I'm, i think i'm nice because i've been working you know and i mean like that's gonna happen like it's gonna happen regardless but it'll never get to a point that you're you swinging on somebody though like that's the part right there kind of cross the line it's, it's, it seemed like it's something deeper than that i think but uh, we never know, I, especially Rudy doing that on national television. He's that's that's different right there.
0: Uh, I mean. Yeah, hell yes, and this is me talking, not Mo. Not only did he throw that punch, I've never seen anybody run backwards faster than Rudy Gobert <laughs> after he threw that punch. He was like in the locker room before Kyle Anderson even reacted. Uh, but again, that's me. That's not Mo. These uh, some
1: these some of these guys, some of these guys ain't really like that, man. But it is what it is, you know. It's, it's easy. It's easy to be. It's easy to be kind of tough when you know security is around. You know what I mean? Like in that locker room, you know security around. So what's gonna happen in the locker room is we're going to back now. So that's why a lot of these guys get confused, man. A lot of these guys is it's, it's a tough guys because they know somebody gonna stop it.
2: I mean, yeah, I, I was called him- surprised to see Kyle kind of go back at Gobert. He, his his first reaction was to go at him, and I was like, "Oh, okay, slow mo." I didn't I didn't think he had that in him, but I agree. It, it looked like if they were in the back locker room, Gobert would have regretted that decision pretty quickly.
0: Well, supposedly right, in the right, locker right. room. I mean, the reporting is then in the locker room. Kyle Anderson said, "I will beat your ass." Uh, I mean, I don't know what happened or what you know what went down exactly after that. Um, but Mo, here, let me ask you. So the way I phrase those guys is hold me back guys and the NBA is filled with them. I recognize them because I'm one. When I played hoop, I pretended like I wanted to fight but I didn't. dude. I wanted to be held back. <laughs> so for for you, let's start with Kyle Anderson. You know, do you view him as a hold me back guy or do you think he actually wanted to swing out there?
1: Probably wanted to swing because we're like high hat with all these front end people but I bet by the time they left that locker room, they shook hands and gave each other a hug. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's I think how, so.
0: How about Dylan Brooks, man? I'm going to ask you, but I have to. So, tagging this shit with Dylan Brooks, he drives me crazy. When you watch him, do you view him as a hold-me-back guy or do you think he's down to swing?
1: He kind of looked off. He kind of looked crazy, so I think he probably would swing somebody. But I don't <laughs> think he's going to be the first one to do it. I don't think he'll be the first one to do it, though. I think he's kind of like... Somebody take off one of them, he'll, he'll probably get into it. Like, I hope I
0: hope he'll try to fight back. But that. But I messed up. Well, here is our uh, here's our last segment, and it's all really looking forward to. Good. It's called the uh, first pick idea. I'm gonna give you a scenario, and then you tell me who you would pick to help you out in that scenario from all the teammates you've had in the past. I'll give you an example. Here's our first one. Your team is down one point, five seconds left. You guys are inbounding. You can get the ball to any of your former teammates. Who do you give it to? Who do you pick?
1: <laughs> Come on, man. I can't. I can't. Uh, I only get one answer, huh?
0: You can give me a couple. Who are you thinking about?
1: I get, I get, I get the Clay. Let's go. I get the. Uh, Kari. Yeah. That's all tough. right.
0: I love it. All right, here's the next one. Mo, you have two hundred and fifty K to invest. You know, it's it's not all the money in the world, but it's enough. It's money you want to make money on. You have mm-hmm. to pick a teammate who's gonna invest it for you.
1: Who do you pick? Andre Gadala.
0: I knew you were gonna say that. Why? What is it about Andre?
1: <laughs> hey, smart, man. He- the whole time I've been knowing, him, he always read books on the plane about stuff that's going on now. Like back then, he was reading about this stuff. So <laughs> don't be surprised he had a team. He owned the team soon. He got kind of loaded.
0: <laughs> All right, here you go. Here's the next one. Bad news, Mo. You're out late. You see a shady ass group of people who seem like they definitely want to fight. That's the bad news. Good news. You get to pick any teammate you've ever had to have your back. Who do you pick?
1: Tony Allen. Why? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> nah, he couldn't. <laughs> Tony Allen or Zeebo? I'm going with those guys because <laughs> I know that I know they they got that grit ground in them. So <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean?
0: <laughs> I love it. Yes, hell yeah. The what do you mean is the best follow up question there's been. Here's the <laughs> last one, Mo. You're on a 10 hour flight. It's boring as shit. You don't have your phone. No movies. Nothing but you get to pick a teammate to sit by you and entertain you. Who do you pick?
1: Uh, Barbosa. <laughs>
0: funny, good stories. What is it about Leandro?
1: Everything, man, everything, Everything. I talk. Everything is funny. He going <laughs> to make weird noises. He's going to talk <laughs> about all kinds of different stuff, and he's going to keep you entertained, so...
0: Uh great answer. Mo, thank you, man. That's all I got. We had a great time. I really appreciate this. I hope we can do it some other time. Maybe as a playoffs, go forward here and, and get some of your updated opinions. I
1: right. uh, appreciate y'all for having me, man. Go does, man. Hope it, good luck to y'all guys out there, man. Yeah. I
0: know the shit. fans
1: ready for it.
0: What's your prediction? Mike Who wins it? it?
1: <laughs> I don't got nobody. I'm not buying. Uh, I can't. I don't got nobody. Yeah, <laughs> I don't got enough. nobody.
0: Nah, it's all good. If uh if people are out there looking for most space in their life, where do they go, man? Anything you want to plug?
1: No, I'm always on Twitter. I think it's most space sixteen. Space sixteen, I think. I'm always on Twitter. So though like you said, when, when you announced it that I was gonna be on there, a lot of those guys added me on Twitter, but that was dope. Yeah. Well uh
0: thank you M T. Appreciate y'all nice man. Evening. Good luck to y'all guys too yeah thank you man um sure. thanks a lot dude. the real deal
1: yes sir thank y'all again man good luck to y'all man y'all got a great thing going on man so i'm glad to be on the show and appreciate it man I hope like you said we'll get on one another day for show thank y'all that's
0: that good excellent. appreciate Pleasure it, it. Pleasure is ours. Talk to you soon, man.
2: Good, good.